0: Yeah, the whole point of this game is to, like, level up so we don't have to come to this earth plane and, like, move on to the 5D or whatever it is. I'm an alien. And I envy the girls who are, like, playing with um, butt plugs and vibrators (laughs) and all this shit. And they're just, like.
1: But, like, I need that emotional, like, mental connection with somebody if I'm going to, like, get in bed with them and, like, actually orgasm.
2: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the High Vibe Human podcast, Redesigned. I'm your host, Lexi Ray, a human design reader and early childhood and family specialist. I am gifted in understanding human energetics, relationship dynamics, and family dynamics. I founded High Vibe Human with the intention to share the magic of human design in practice. We are all about raising your vibrations to connect with yourself on a deeper level. When we understand ourselves and the world around us, we are better able to show up and create the life we truly desire. I am so proud of you for being here. Let's heal together. Holy shit, fam. This episode is so freaking good. Vanessa and I dive right into it, talking about weed addiction, love addiction, dating app addiction, and she shares with us her experiences leading to her sobriety. This one is for all the sober curious or sober babes out there. Vanessa is a 2-4 manifesting generator with emotional authority, and her energy just pours out as she speaks. I dive into a mini human design reading for her, so if you have similarities in your chart, listen up. There are links below to connect with Vanessa and also um, to find your human design charts. If you haven't found that yet, go ahead and look that up. But let's get right into it and press play.
1: Hi. Hi. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Welcome to High Five Human Podcast. I'm excited to have you here. Why don't you kind of like introduce yourself to my listeners, um, give your little spiel, tell everyone what you're about, what you do, and Mm -hmm. stuff like that.
0: Okay, I'm Vanessa. My Instagram and all my social media is Vanessa Persephone. That's my middle name. And I just released a podcast a little over a month ago called Angels Anonymous. Um, I'm 24 years old. I am from Minnesota and just moved out to Colorado in December. Um, I wanted to be near the mountains and I just felt like that's where I needed to be. Um, I'm a health coach and a yoga instructor and I'm also sober. I've been in recovery for almost nine months and um, my passion is to help women through similar things that I've been through. I've recovered from an eating disorder. I'm in recovery from um, addiction specifically to weed, which is like um, stereo has a lot of stigma and stereotyping around it. A lot of people dismiss that that's, um, a substance that you can get addicted to, but the more people that I've met in recovery, the more I've learned that a lot of women our age struggle with it. And so through my podcast and through just showing up vulnerably on social media over these last couple of years, uh, it's been my passion to just share vulnerably and like shine light on all of the areas of shame that I've experienced, because then that shame and that darkness doesn't have power over me anymore. And that's how I've found I heal the best. And I also feel like that's how I've been impacted by people that I've listened to is like when they're so raw and authentic, I'm just like, oh my God, yes. Like I finally feel seen, heard, validated. I feel like I'm just meant to be like a permission slip on this planet to validate a lot of women and things that they think they're alone in or that they think, um, isn't normal to struggle with. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, yeah.
1: That is so cool. Um, I like that our, um, life paths kind of like align a little bit. I just moved to California in November and, um, after listening to, I think it was like your second episode about those was like dear haters or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that one was really good. Um, Thank you. It definitely inspired me to like, even open up a little bit more on this podcast as well and like share, you know, what happened in my past relationships and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that was really powerful. Thank you. We wanted to talk about dating apps today, but before we talk about that, um, I do kind of like want to talk about the process of like how you've been going through recovery and, um, like things for sober curious folks maybe some resources and I haven't been I don't drink alcohol that often and if I do it's like a white claw or something mm-hmm. and um but I'm I'm a stoner I smoke weed all the time like it's a nightly thing so um yeah I'm curious to hear like your experiences and uh resources and stuff that um some of our listeners could benefit from as well. hmm
0: Um, personally, I knew for a long time that I struggled with addiction, whether it was love addiction, weed addiction. Um, I have like a very anxious clingy attachment style. Sometimes it depends on the person or the dynamic. I feel like when I encounter more anxious people, then I get avoidance. So it's like, I think we can as anxious attachment or just people who struggle with codependency or addictive tendencies, I think we can have both that clingy nature and that like aversion um, and isolation, avoiding conflict. So I embodied both of those things. Um, And smoking weed was just the surface of it. That's just what I used as my tool to numb out from all the shit that was really the root cause of my addiction. Um, and it took me probably three years to actually be able to, um, get help i don't think i was in denial i think i knew i was like secretly crying out for help but like couldn't use my voice to tell people that i was struggling as bad as i was so i'm over here still like posting on social media teaching yoga hi while i'm teaching yoga like i got to the point where i couldn't leave my apartment without being high like it was the first thing i did in the morning and i could only be out for so long like i would have to have a weed pen on me or have to like be able to escape. If I was with my family members, I would have to like know when I could leave because my whole world revolved around being high. Like I just couldn't cope with life and like the pain that I was feeling that went untreated and um, that wasn't looked at and helped work through. And I thought that I could like meditate and yoga my way to healing and like using substances recreationally. but. Yeah, it just is like a switch that gets turned on. And once you cope with substances um, to numb out and it moves past that point of recreation and you realize, oh, I'm doing it by myself or like um, whatever point it gets to where you feel uncomfortable with your usage and you know that you can't stop it or you don't have control over it. Like that is the scariest, worst feeling ever. I tried so many different ways to like smoke every other day, only smoke with my friends, ditch all my stuff, write the breakup letter to weed. Like I tried it all and I ended up finding myself back exactly where I always ended up, which was smoking 24 seven. And I just got to the point where I was like, I guess this is how I'm going to be like, clearly I can't quit. So I'm just going to be a stoner my whole life. And for me personally, it was frustrating because I see other people out here doing the exact things that I wanted to be doing. And now I am doing, but I couldn't do it when I was smoking weed. Like I couldn't start my podcast. I couldn't show up on social media consistently. I couldn't create the community that I wanted, um, and shine my light fully, but there's, other women around my age out there who are health coaches and like doing all the things that I wanted to do. And they still can like microdose with shrooms and smoke weeds, smoke weed at concerts or whatever they do. But, um, it was really humbling and like, I don't know, just a, a huge realization to understand that I can't do that. Like other people might have a different relationship with weed, but for me, like I clearly can't and it was really an emotional rock bottom when I realized that I needed help. I just, I don't know what switched in me, but I was just so frustrated with how many times I tried to quit and how much power we'd had over me. And so I made a couple calls and, um, ended up doing an outpatient treatment, intensive outpatient treatment. It was 16 weeks long, um, three nights a week, three hours a night. So I was spending like nine to 10 hours a week in therapy and at the beginning like those first 30 60 90 days it's fucking rough like I thought once I got sober my life was going to be rainbows and butterflies and the love of my life was going to walk in and I was going to get this new job and like everything was going to turn out for me um that is what happens long term but but once like weed is just the distraction I'm actually like the problem and so I had to face me and all of my darkness that I've been numbing out from and realizing that like if I numbed out consistently for like four or five years which is like a short amount of time compared to what a lot of stoners struggle with they're like I've been smoking for decades but some people are like
1: I've started smoking when I was 12 I'm like shit yeah seventh grade right there so and it,
0: and it's interesting like how much it changes our brain chemistry, our emotions, our drive, our perception of reality. Like I just I felt like a blob. I just felt like this dull light walking around. I didn't really have any drive other than to survive. Like I didn't care about thriving in my life. I didn't care about um keeping up with or like growing in areas of my life. I just was like At the point of acceptance that I didn't give a fuck. Um, And so if you think about that, I numbed out for four years, how long it will probably take to thaw out and like really feel and release those emotions like it's not going to happen in 30 days. It's I feel like six to seven months in, I finally started to feel like myself again, but there is something called post-acute withdrawal symptoms, um, which are like mood swings, depression, anxiety, sleep disruption, hunger disruption, all of these like acute things that if we don't know what post-acute withdrawal symptoms are, we might just think we're like crazy and like what's wrong with us. But those symptoms can happen for up to a year after you get sober. So a lot of people who start their sobriety journey or are sober curious in those first 30, 60 days, like it's hard. And I think that's when people give in if they don't have the right support and like team of people around them to help them recover. Um, it's kind of like a dry drunk or a, a dry stoner. Like you're not actually recovering and working through the shit that you are using to numb out from. Um, just cutting out the substance probably isn't going to work long-term and you're sure as hell not going to have a life of like thriving if you don't, um, if you're not willing to do that work with a therapist or try out recovery meetings, like, um, Even AA, I don't love and I talk about that on my podcast a lot. Like I'm not 100% gung ho for AA, but it is like a universal tool and a community that people can access. Um, And like I said, weed was my drug of choice, but I still go to AA meetings. There's also Narcotics Anonymous, NA. Um, And there's also a more like Buddhist take on recovery and that's called refuge recovery. And luckily with COVID, like there's so many virtual meetings that people can go to Um, And their only requirement is like a desire or a curiosity to stay sober or just see what it's like. Um, And you can just keep your screen off and mute and not say anything. You can just kind of observe what it's like, but those meetings and like that community, just hearing people's stories, feeling that connection on a daily basis, like I go to probably six or seven meetings a week, both in person and online a mixture. Um, that's been my lifeline because if I don't have that daily touch point, I can get really squirrely in my head and like spiral into a place within 24 hours that I'm like, Oh shit. So, um, I mean, my dad has been sober for 44 years since he was 16. He's one of the rare gems that like never relapsed. And so growing up with that, Um, role model. I just thought once you get sober, you stay sober. And I quickly found out like when I stepped into the rooms of AA and recovery, that's not the case. And people or their parents relapse after 10, 20 years. And so they emphasize that like, it really is just for today. Like sobriety is a daily basis. And yeah, that's great to get the chips of like six months, eight months, like That's huge to hit those mile markers, but like, it really doesn't matter how much time you have because you wake up every single day with as equal of a chance to recover. Like it's, I mean, yes, when you build up your spiritual and your emotional bank of like going to meetings, talking to people, getting stuff off your chest, meditating, doing all of those self-care practices, like you create a bigger bubble around yourself that, um, keeps you safer from that next drink or that next smoke or that next temptation. But I mean, at the end of the day, you have to constantly work at it. And that's what, um, that was like a hard realization that I had to be at peace with is like, fuck, I'm never just going to like get there. And I think even if you're sober, sober, curious or not, We all struggle with destinational happiness of like, once I get the job, once I get this much sobriety time, once I move here, I will be okay. I'll be happy. I'll feel safe. I'll feel secure. And it's just not the reality. Like we're never going to fully feel secure and there's always going to be shit that gets thrown at us in life. Um, So yeah, I think coming back to resources AA meetings are like a great universal way, um, to tap in. And like I said, refuge recovery is a more spiritual Buddhist take, which I'm sure your listeners will align with more than, um, the two white men from the 1930s who wrote the book of AA. Like I just can't with that. Um, but there is still some good stuff in there. Just take it with a grain of salt. Also, I have a group that meets every Thursday at, um, 6 PM mountain time. And we just like, sit and chat. It's for women around our age who relate to you or me or any of our stories. Um, And there's no requirement for sobriety or even sober curious. It's just like that a space that um, women can go to that they don't feel like, oh, I have to be this or I have to try this in order to get help. Like, it's a group that I wish that I had before I was ready to get sober. Um, And I realized like once I had support and felt seen and heard specifically from my outpatient treatment. But like, that was a huge line to step over to actually be like, okay, I'm ready to get that help. Um, once I did, I was super grateful and like, oh my God, this isn't a big deal. I'm glad I did this, but that line to step over is really scary for some people. So I'm basically offering a similar support group structure, um, that like an outpatient treatment would have, but it's not intensive. It's not structured. I'm not a therapist. It's just really like a safe talking space for people to, um, share what's on their heart and also listen and connect with other women and just vibe with what they have to say too. So
2: Okay, we are taking a quick break from this episode to talk about Redesigned. Redesigned is my signature program centered around human design and your unique energetics. I personally believe that human design can change the future. Like, imagine a world where we all accept ourselves for who we are, and in turn, everyone accepts each other for who they are. Getting a human design reading is great, but Understanding how the energy around us works, the rest of the human design system works, is life-changing. That's why Redesigned is all about bridging the gap between readings and teachings. We're going to dive deep into your personal chart, but um, you're also going to learn how to navigate the charts of others in your life, like your family members, your partners, your friends, even your children. This part is huge. We need to make sure that the next generation of humans has what they need in order to thrive in this wildly, fastly changing world. Um, so if you're interested, go ahead, scroll through to the show notes, and I have a whole page with more information on a redesigned. All right, let's get back to the episode.
0: That's a
1: long-winded answer for like <laughs> – everything I have
0: to say about that.
1: (laughs) That is okay, that's amazing. I loved everything that you had to say. And um, as you're speaking, I am seeing so much of your human design chart like coming out, I looked at it um, this morning and um, Vanessa is a manifesting generator with emotional authority. Um, So you have the power to like do a lot and create a lot when you are listening to your like intuition based on what your emotions say. So like your emotion, you ride like this emotion. I'm emotional as well. So Mm it's easy for me to talk about this. Um, We, we ride this emotional wave and it's kind of like, it'll pull us in any direction, whatever time of the day. And um, like, sometimes it will be aligned with other energies around us, like the moon or our cycle, stuff like that. Um, But yeah, it's mostly internal and like, Sometimes it'll just take us out, and we'll be like, Oh, I guess I'm feeling a little extra depressed today, or I'm like stuck in. And how you were saying, like, my head will spin out. You have an open head center. So, like, there's just always energy like coming into that headspace. And it's like when you're not like aware that that's not your own authentic energy, like, those thoughts will just continue to like spin around and like. I have an open head center too. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of like similarities in our charts besides like our main energy type. Um, But another thing too, is that your uh, profile is a two line two slash four. So you have a second line and a fourth line in your um, profile. Um, And that's more like your personality. Um, I'm also two four. So the line two is um, kind of like, needing that time alone um and then line four is that like need to be um have a community and like valuable relationships in your life so like those two things kind of um clash almost in a way but it's more so for our own personal growth like we need both in our life and even though like that's hard to balance in a life as a human it's like once we're able to kind of like figure it out on our own terms it's like that's when the magic happens Mm -hmm. so I feel like I'm still kind of figuring that out and like we're both on this like journey of like getting there or and it's not even like getting there it's just like like you said a daily thing like you wake Mm -hmm. up and you choose to xyz you know right and
0: like with time you will build tools and skills and things that I always like to think of like our mental health and our spiritual health, just the same as physical health. Like the more you're in the gym, flexing that muscle group and like you can go up in weight, It's the same thing with spiritual and emotional health. Like the more weight you can carry, the more stress you can endure, the more stressful situations you will feel neutral in when we like learn about ourselves more. And so I'm really working on that on a daily basis. And that's so interesting that you bring up the um, need for alone time with the need for community. I feel that so strongly, even though I didn't know like anything about my chart. And um, it's really confusing, especially with that open headspace. I never know how to be like, oh, that energy's not mine. I feel like as sensitive and intuitive as I am, I'm like, still just in the I feel like a baby I feel like I'm in just the infant phases of getting to know the subtleties of what I'm feeling in my body what's mine and what's not um so I take all of it on as mine right now and I just am like what do I do with these thoughts or this anxiety or this overwhelm of xyz and then having to like take all of that and realize, oh, I need alone time or, oh, I need community. Like sometimes I don't know. And sometimes my emotions or energy is so sensitive, like on, in a flash, I'll like have plans to go out. And then all of a sudden I'll just be like, I literally can't go. I need to like be by myself. And I think that's really confusing and challenging for people in my life who aren't as sensitive, who don't have the same dynamics as me. I know I specifically struggle with like communicating my boundaries a lot. And so when I don't communicate them, um, I struggle with being a people pleaser and I'm still, I feel like I'm growing through that and learning how to embody boundaries and like communicate my needs. But I still really struggle with that sometimes. And that like, lack of ability to express myself um ends up leading to irritability and resentment and i just like exude that nasty energy when i am like not honoring my boundaries or my alone time or not getting enough community time like it's a very fine line and so i'm noticing that coming up right now especially with my roommate like something little happened and she was like why are you being so mean and i'm like i fucking know that there's like boundaries or things that i need to get off my chest that i just haven't and when I like don't, when I don't feel safer, I just am not ready to like express what that is yet or what I've been feeling. It results in like a nasty headspace, a nasty energy. And I'm just like, fuck, <laughs> like those, <laughs> they're so
1: hard to have too. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. My, for, for me, um, I I also noticed like another thing that's kind of similar I can speak on in our charts is. Um, your identity center is connected to your throat center so um, like my identity center is connected to my throat center as well but through a different like energy so a different channel Um, but whenever that happens like we speak we speak with our like soul like your identity center is like a direct window to your to your soul so when it's connected to like any other center like so for your throat our words are very like um powerful and moving and when we're not in our authentic energy sometimes we can get like that like very snippy and like i get snippy (laughs) um so yeah and that's just something like we have to work on, especially being an emotional being, like our emotions will just like swoop us out and take us for a ride really quick without warning. And we're just gonna be like, okay, well, um, this is happening. I need to go retreat to my little cocoon and be a hermit for a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, it's totally valid. And um, I feel like too, with like uh, the addictive, like personality kind of, traits um like this could be a good segue into talking about like dating and love addiction and stuff like that but the substance abuse though like getting anything that's not yours like away from your internal body and like just actually finally being able to listen to like who you are and your emotions and yourself like that is the biggest step in becoming like more authentic so mm-hmm. yeah i want to just I, I feel like I want to talk about my um, weed usage in a different episode but um, I definitely started like during this really wild relationship after my divorce and um, just kept on like it was something that I like was like oh I guess I'm just gonna be a star now like this feels good this is like a little ritualistic routine thing that I like to do after work and like on the weekends, like I would just be stoned all day and I still kind of am sometimes, but um, like just thinking about like hearing you speak on this and thinking about it as in like a human design sense, it's, it's like very inspiring. So thank you. I love that
0: you brought you're bringing the human design into it because that's like where I'm trying to get at with how AA just doesn't make full sense to me. Like I think it's somewhat written in the stars of like our design as humans and I don't fully believe in like when I announce myself in meetings, I say I'm Vanessa and I'm in recovery because the energy of that versus I'm an addict or I'm an alcoholic like, I don't believe it's a disease. Like it's from fucking trauma and like our human design too. So I think like it can make a lot more sense um, than like what AA leads it to be like this, just like elusive. I don't know. I got whacked with the alcoholic stick and like I'm different and broken compared to other people. And I have all these character defects. It's like loaded with a lot of shame and confusion and just like vagueness so i think that you could like bring a lot of clarity into um more like high vibe humans who are struggling with addiction and just be like this is like what i see in your chart this makes perfect sense and like validating Mm -hmm. that experience i think it would open up a lot of doors so that's really cool
1: yeah yeah that's so awesome like right now i talk a lot about um like relationships between Mm -hmm. like taking on energies from other people and um like detoxing from that especially our our parents and like our childhood and stuff like that um and then also um my experience with hormonal birth control have you ever been on the pill or are you off of it for Mm -hmm. like three four years yeah yeah experience with that too like it's just so like you're taking hormones that's not yours so once you come off them you just are realizing like so much about yourself. like I was on them since I basically got my period until um I got married mm-hmm. <laughs> so literally the whole time I was in this relationship like I was with this guy the whole time we were basically I was on hormonal birth control and then I got off it and I was like where am I? What am I doing here? Like- I'm laughing
0: because <laughs> I- have you heard it called the divorce pill before?
1: <laughs> I have. Well, okay. I, I don't know if I've it heard it. It literally changes.
0: Sense, but- they call it the divorce pill because if you're with someone and you get off it, it genuinely changes who you are. Like you are not. Yes the same person and so like from even a pheromone standpoint like you don't smell like our animalistic nature like we don't smell the same the attraction that subconscious attraction that we don't even know about changes so that's yeah. bad.
1: and like when you're um consuming other substances as well like alcohol mm-hmm. and weed like those are obviously going to change what our bodies are like attracted to as well right so. Um, Okay, let's talk about dating apps and like uh, addiction, love addiction and um, stuff like that. So do you want to kind of like, do you have anything in mind that you want to share already or? Um, Right away, my
0: brain went to like, where does love addiction come from? Mm -hmm. I used to love blaming it on my first toxic relationship. Mm
2: -hmm. And then
0: I got into more like self-reflection work and I started asking myself like, well, where did this relationship come from? And on the surface, I don't have like mommy or daddy issues that I thought my parents are still married Um, on the outside. It looked like I had the perfect upbringing. So that's been really confusing for me to look into the subtleties. It wasn't like this obvious one plus one equals two equation. Like, oh, my dad was an alcoholic and absent. Like, of course, I have daddy issues, Like he has been sober and he's, I feel like is a pretty sensitive human. So it was really confusing for me to start asking, like, how am I accountable for this? My first really long-term relationship, that toxic tumultuous relationship, how did my energy bring that in? And like, what happened to me in childhood that resulted in this like narcissistic empath dynamic? Um, And so I don't really have the answers yet. I think I have some idea, but I'm currently reading this book called Adults of Emotionally Immature Parents. And I think it's going to be- very validating and my therapist was like you need to take it slow and like really digest each chapter as it applies to your life because you're going to find out that like your parents don't have to just be alcoholics or addicts like they could have just emotionally not been as sensitive or intuitive or mature as you are and coming into this world me being like the soul uh the I think I'm like an old soul and definitely like I align with the whole star seed light worker. I just feel that so deeply. That's um, in your chart
1: too, the old soul thing. It, you have I have a channel it so that's so like, much. yeah,
0: like you know, seriously. Like you're so wise. How old are you? <laughs> like, it's not me. Like, it's
1: my soul. Like, I'm old as hell. I know like, I. Like, <laughs> you have this little part defined that only like sapiens, like original humans, have defined. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I'm an alien.
0: (laughs) I say that sometimes jokingly. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so the, I am only in the beginning of the book, but it basically talks about if you're sensitive, a highly sensitive human, um, emotionally you can out mature, outgrow your parents within a couple of years. So without me even having the language or the knowledge of like what I understand and, um, how to be emotionally aware and conscious and how I want a conscious parent and all these things. Like I was already more mature emotionally than my parents were. And I feel that so strongly. Like, I feel like I'm teaching my sisters and my parents a lot of time, a a lot of the time about how to like speak more consciously or like how to rewire your brain or um, shift the narrative in the story from like negative and pessimistic to like optimistic and like just understanding the law of attraction and what you speak, how you think of yourself, all that kind of stuff is what you bring in. Um, That comes really naturally to me. It doesn't mean I'm an expert at it, but that understanding makes a lot of sense to me. And I think like I'm kind of the black sheep in my family in that way. Like, I don't think my, the rest of my family really understands like when they speak negative things, like that's literally what you're attracting. And it makes perfect sense that you've attracted the partners and the jobs and the turmoil that you have. Like I'm over here trying to like calculate out how do I break these cycles? And so that's where I'm at with my love addiction is um, getting to know the patterns with my dynamic with my parents and see how that showed up in my relationship patterns. And I think I, um, I've been very anxious and codependent from the beginning. Like I know I especially was with my mom. And so it makes perfect sense that that's just been a cycle that's continued to play out, but it got really bad at the end of my substance use. Like I was using alcohol to black out and have sex with guys that I didn't even care. I had zero standards. I just like wanted to feel liked and um, attractive, especially because I shifted from being this like cutesy, got thousands of likes, like cared about all the self-image. I was a dancer. I was like all these things. And then I went through my spiritual awakening and like had a complete identity shift and started to show up as like more spiritual and natural on Instagram. I really started to question like am I still even going to attract a guy that I'm attracted to? Like, am I just like an ugly hermit now? Like, what? who am I? And so um I think that was just, I don't know, a phase that I had to go through to try to prove to myself that like I'm still valuable and attractive and worthy. Um, But I went about it in the completely... A, like the most ineffective way and i just really like fucked with my energy and hurt myself in the long run and i was like serial dating on dating apps i like switched my location to when i would go to uh spring break in florida switch my location to florida and like went on two three dates like how many dates can i get i like treated myself as if i was the bachelorette like come on <laughs>
1: when you <laughs> said switch your location. location you're like me <laughs> I- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god there's no I
2: did that like before that. I moved but to you,
0: actually yeah there's nothing wrong with that and I think you have to know where you're at personally and I knew I was in a desperate grovelly not good enough I'm still in that state so that's why I'm like celibate and just doors are closed from dating right now that's a really hard boundary for me to set and I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't have my therapist backing me up like no you're not dating right now um but Yeah. I just gravitate towards like emotionally unavailable men that are on surface level, like attractive, whatever. I don't really, in the past, I didn't really have any like list of values or like, I, I didn't go into dates being like, are they good enough for me? Like, am I going to like them? I just wanted to be liked and validated. And that made me feel Mm. so good, Mm -hmm. but every guy would end up ghosting or like, hooking up with me and ditching or i don't know like towards the end i couldn't even get a guy to stay it went from like having these somewhat long term relationships of like kind of narcissistic tendencies or like overly controlling overly um protective and i just thought that that meant like they really cared about me and loved me that was true love um to i ended up dating guys for a little bit of time that felt more healthy and like I felt seen on a soul level but I like wasn't physically attracted to them so I was still like huh well this must be love now and like maybe the more times I have sex with them I'll just get over that like lack of physical attraction Mm. and then didn't set boundaries there either like I'm not sure how I feel like I don't want to have sex yet I was just like sure felt obligated to and then I spiraled out of like the healthy soul connection love to like just complete fuck boys on hinge and like
1: <laughs> couldn't get one to stay around for more than a couple dates so now I'm off because the fuck boys on hinge just want to fuck yeah like they just want to meet up hi can I come over no literally no, no. like why yeah my question is always why like mm. I want to see you no you don't <laughs> you want to slide in my pussy like, literally uh, come on
2: but Just it's also real like- and then
1: I can say no from there or whatever. Right. Like, don't yeah, not to manipulate me into thinking that you want to hang out and like talk to me in there. Nah, nah, nah.
0: Mm hmm. That dynamic and like the type of guys that I continue to attract or that I have in the past past really makes me wonder like what is it about my energy and the cycle that I'm continuing to play in my head or my subconscious about what I deserve and what I'm attracting versus what I actually want like why is there a disconnect there and why are mm-hmm. these people showing up because I truly believe like this life is a game and mm-hmm. I don't think we're fully responsible and like I don't think we should take on the 100% accountability Um, And turn it into shame of like, oh, why am I attracting all these shitty guys? Like, I must be so shitty and so unhealed. Like, no, the universe does like continue to throw us lessons, even if we've outgrown it to be like, have you learned it yet? (laughs) And sometimes I'm like, no, I'll dabble. And other times (laughs) I'm like, no,
1: I see this is a lesson from a mile away. Like, I get it. Um, But Some some of the times, some of the times when we like dabble in those like tests again, That's just like, gosh, I can't think of the word, but like maybe being stubborn or like, Oh yeah. Like just our ego is like,
0: I don't want to level
2: up.
1: Yeah. You're like, I'm good where I am. Yeah. It's
0: self-sabotage. It's like making a mess where there doesn't need to be, or like feeding into it when we know it's not what, what's good for us. Like, I just want it to hurt a little bit. Like that's how
1: I get off. (laughs) I just want it to Mm. hurt a little bit. (laughs) So like choking and stuff (laughs) was literally where my brain went right there. I just want to be hurt. Just hurt me a little bit a little bit just
0: (laughs) uh, just like strong hands a little bit of a grab no I'm so sensitive I think i would cry (laughs) if I got choked
1: (laughs) (laughs) um like do you want to kill me (laughs) (laughs) there this uh my one of my exes uh my ex right after my divorce um well I I call him crazy pants I shouldn't call him crazy pants but I call him we need to come up with a new narrative (laughs) there (laughs) we need it yeah I need a new word for it but um uh he struggled with bipolar and he Mm. was he had a a manic moment um at the end of our relationship and he like put his hands around my neck like not in a sexual way it was like in an aggressive way and I it was very just like uh traumatizing like oh, I yeah. I just and after that it was hard for me to to like speak to men even and I feel like my throat chakra was just closed off all the way but after that I've been like low-key into choking and stuff it's like in a sexual sense so yeah I feel like it's almost like,
0: like you're reclaiming that yeah
1: yeah. Me, yeah. Maybe in a way, um, at first I was like, wait, why am I into this? Should I be into this? <laughs> but right. I thought that's a good way of phrasing. It is like reclaiming that experience as like, mm-hmm. this is not Trump traumatizing to me anymore. I can make this what I want to make it.
2: Yes, I love that.
1: But yeah, I definitely had a, a moment after that, that boyfriend where I was just on hinge you know trying to meet guys Mm -hmm. um, mostly guys I identify as bisexual or demisexual so like I really need to get to know your soul or like you as a person on an emotional level before I'm actually like sexually attracted to you Mm -hmm. but sex is still like my nervous system needed it I feel
2: Mm -hmm.
1: it was almost like a nervous system reset you know and um I finally kind of got these I have like these two like little boys I call them boys because they are boys (laughs) like (laughs) not mature but um they're really good friends and we had like decent sexual chemistry so like that is kind of where I was putting my energy like before I moved out away from Minnesota um And once I moved here to LA, um, I was like, oh, I need like a friends with benefits, like person that I can just, you know, talk to and like get to know and it's, it's hard to find somebody that you like connect with on that emotional level, like as really good friends and then having that like sexual chemistry as well. Mm. And I feel like I just keep trying to force it and like, it's, it's hard too, because I, um, when you said not feeling like you're enough, like that's definitely my thing. Like, um, my therapist went my, my very first session, like in 2018, um, she gave me a list of like affirmations. She was like, say these out loud. Um, and I'm like saying them out loud. I'm like getting emotional while saying them a little bit. And there was this one where I just like got completely choked up over and it was, I am enough, like just Mm. three words I am enough and I like almost couldn't like get the words out just sitting with her in the session and um that was like after everything that happened with like my ex-husband and that boyfriend after um and yeah it was very eye-opening and so Mm -hmm. just like hearing other women say that they also feel like like they're not enough is like, it feels good to know that you're not alone. And so Mm -hmm. like when other women share their story, I just am so inspired. And so
0: I think like, as women, most of us do struggle with that. And we either, I think there's like two sides of the coin that you can go or two paths that you can go down. One of them is the more introverted, unworthy, like genuinely just not feeling like you're enough, or it's like overcompensating and like, over-sexualizing or like this I don't give a fuck I don't care attitude like um, almost like a Cardi B you know just like so out there and loud and I love that like I honestly props to everyone who can do that because I sometimes like wish or envy that I could have that type of confidence but I don't know if it's fully authentic because when I feel someone's energy who's like genuinely in their authentic wholeness and like confident. It doesn't have this like energy where they need to prove themselves or it's not like in your face. It's just very much like secure. And I don't feel like my sense of unworthiness feels secure. And I don't think the other side um the complete opposite feels secure either. And like I just had a podcast up so I I released today the day that we're recording about sexuality and i talked about how i like envy a lot of my friends who are hypersexualized because they know what they like in bed they can be confident in like saying the guy's name i can't even literally say the guy's name in bed like i have a lot to work on still with my throat chakra i think the podcast is the start of it of like embodying my truth mm. but like in the bedroom, it's a whole nother story. Like I'm mute and like so full of shame. And I envy the girls who are like playing with um butt plugs and vibrators <laughs> and all this shit. And they're just like experimental and badass and like know what they want and go for it. Like I think that you can still like be in that secure wholeness and do all of those things, but normally like the friends that I have that do that, like they don't feel secure in themselves either. And it's just like, what side of the path did you go down? Are you like on the side of shame and just like introversion or are you on the side of like having to overcompensate? And um, I don't know, it seems like too much, too little, or like too hot, too cold. And then like, I just want to be in the middle and be Mm -hmm. warm and be able to embody both of those things like that Mm -hmm. quiet confidence, but also like be loud and know my worth and express my needs and know exactly what I like, what I don't like, what my standards are. And I think like when I'm just aimlessly going to search on hinge, I think you can be at a point where you can be on dating apps and like genuinely open to meeting someone, but you can feel your energy and like the way that you're going about it. If it's like fiending for that next like, Mm -hmm. or like that person to just respond, or is it. I'm just like going about my life, doing my thing, working my job, creating all of the things I want to create, cooking myself good food, like genuinely going about my day. And then like, huh, I haven't thought about that dating app for a little bit. Like, let's go on. I'm bored. Let's do that. Like just kind of this careless, indifferent energy. Um, I don't know. I really hope I can like get there someday, but I just can't. I can't see that happening in the near future. I'm just so like obsessive and put all of my energy into the love basket when i open that door or like i don't know that when i entertain that pathway so i just have to like close it off it's kind of like sobriety but with love right now i'm just like i can't right now
2: yeah
1: yeah one thing that i thought about earlier when you were speaking about um that book that you're reading parents what's it called
0: adults with emotionally immature parents
1: yeah adults with emotionally immature parents um so I don't know if I, I don't know if you have like had younger parents and like the rest of your peers, but I feel like I did. Um, Mm. my parents had me, I'm the oldest of three, three girls. So, Mm. um, my parents had me when I, when they were like 24, I think So like pretty young. And, um, and I don't, I mean, back when we were born, I feel like that was a little bit young, but not like pretty young, you know? Um, but yeah, I feel like observing like we I feel like we make rules around what love is by observing our parents and like writing down those notes and taking note and stuff. So like my mom recently just kind of like opened up and shared with me and my sister about something. She's like, I have trust issues Mm. and like got kind of emotional speaking on like a few things. And I was like, oh my God mom you like have you ever said this out loud like this is this is amazing for you to kind of like come to this realization because like wow like this is amazing and then um like it also pointed to like all the like as she said that I was like oh I have trust issues too (laughs) what (laughs) and like um my dad is um he it's it's kind of cool to like watch your parents mature in front of your eyes almost um when we were younger he was very like reactive as a lot of men are um and like I don't know. He might have ADHD too, because he's just all over the place sometimes. Um, but sometimes when you do have undiagnosed ADHD as an, as an adult, it can be portrayed as narcissistic, even though mm. you don't really like, maybe it's just like how you're trying to do things and you don't know that your brain works a little differently. And like, so you're not able to communicate these things, how you need to communicate them. And so, yeah, it can come off as kind of narcissistic and manipulative, but that dynamic between like my parents my dad as like the one that's like controlling kind of and then my mom as like the one that's codependent like that was my example of like and my parents are still together and like I've literally watched them grow through so much even within the past couple years yeah that's like what my little example of love was when I was a kid so like my marriage was exactly the same way, and literally, then I came off hormonal birth control and was like, "Where am I? Am mm-hmm. I my back like in my own childhood home, like with the same energy? Like I did not want to manifest like the same, you know, yeah. dynamics. Like I'm, I'm trying to like level up, and like, like this is a game, right? With every generation, we we want to level up. We don't want to stay the same, you know. So, yeah."
0: That was really, like, courageous and self-aware of you to be able to realize, like, oh, this is the same situation that my parents were in, and I think, like, the opportunity cost of staying versus leaving, a lot of people stay because it's so scary to leave and to, like, go back into the unknown and have... um, Less of that false sense of security of like we just want the partner, we just want the home, we just want the kids to feel like oh we're worthy enough of love, and um, I think we're both kind of like the torch bearers treading a new path like for our family and our generations. I can see our like ancestors out there like yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking doing it. Yes, um, but like I see patterns with my sisters and um, they're staying the same. Like they're getting into relationships that I have been in that I ended up having to leave because I saw, oh, this is the same cycle. Like I don't want that. Um, I know that it's not going to change and who knows like what the future holds for them. But yeah, right now it's like weird. I'm the youngest of four girls and my parents were old. They were like 35 when they had me. Um, so it's just interesting, like being the youngest, but feeling the most emotionally intuitive and like seeing all the patterns going on and all of the dynamics playing themselves out and, um, cycles being repeated over and over again with same guy, different name, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, that's happened to me. And then I was like, fuck, no, I'm breaking that. And now I see it continuing to happen with my sisters and, um, I just know that like all I can do is embody the life that I want for myself and like embody the type of healing that I would want for everyone, like not only in my family, but just in the planet and knowing that like that is making waves and like vibrationally up leveling anyone that I'm in touch with. And like from a universal standpoint, like we're all connected. We are all Mm -hmm. one on the highest plane. So when we heal and level up, um, which I don't necessarily love, like, leveling up but we are heightening our vibration and like it is a level
1: up so fuck it um yeah exactly I, I kind of like the word like level up to a new whatever in the yeah. game.
0: <laughs> yeah like it's fun I think um it's important to have like a playful open-minded perspective on it because mm-hmm. um I think I could get I could find myself getting into like constantly wanting to level up and like never feeling like where I am is enough or where I've been was like a downgrade, but it's like all of the parts of ourselves and who we are right now is just as valuable. But like, yeah, the whole point of this game is to like, level up so we don't have to come to this earth plane and like move on to the 5d yeah. or whatever it is so. yeah. yeah
1: and like literally just for generations to come to like the next people that are going to be on this planet after us whether or not we have kids ourselves or mm-hmm. whatever like the next generation that's gonna live here needs to have like a little better something than what we have right now so we just need to do our part and continue to like share our stories and create these communities and yeah I feel mm-hmm. like this is an amazing like start to everything that we both are kind of like trying to cultivate in our spaces and yeah i I constantly find myself
0: asking like how do I be a Of this world, how do I do all of the like 24 year old woman things that I want to be doing while also like embodying everything that we just talked about? That's like a whole other like mindset and state of being. Like, how do I balance having both? And it's funny how me and you can balance having a conversation about dating apps and then like the fact that we're all one in the universe. It's just like
1: (laughs) that's who we are. It's the same. Yeah.
0: Um, So. When it, when it comes to dating especially if you are a high vibe human or if you are um, if you're listening to this you fucking are uh, <laughs> It's like how do I even have normal conversations how do I go on dates and talk about normal surface level things like uh, I always say,
1: if it's not I deep can't. I don't want
0: to talk yeah exactly <laughs> and
1: then people are like uh, not gonna talk to this one anymore she's weird but like yeah. even if that is the energy, then that they aren't, they aren't for us anyways. We, right. we need something better. We need somebody. I have a question ready. that you might be able to answer. Ooh,
2: okay.
0: How do you balance, like when you're first starting to date someone, I know there's no guidebook, but like, how do you balance that slow burn versus like going super deep, super mm. fast? I feel like I've tried both ends of the spectrum and haven't found that middle ground yet. Like my, my, natural instinct is to like go as deep as possible the first date i'm like asking them about their childhood trauma and that's just like the way the cookie crumbles and like we feel so deep and every time i go on a date with someone i'm like this is the one like we feel so connected and then since working with my therapist, like I said that I wasn't dating, but like I met someone organically on a hike and we went on a few dates and I was trying the complete opposite. So I was like being more like closed off, but, but still myself, just not sharing as much as I would have liked. And I felt like it was inauthentic for me. So it's like, how do I peel the layer of the onion one layer at a time while also being true to myself? And it's like, Maybe I can't do one layer at a time. Like, how do you have that slow burn, but also embody your natural self? Cause we're clearly open books. Like if we have a podcast and the way we show up on our Instagram, like we're not the average girl that just like has like (laughs) just snapchats of snapshots of their life on Instagram. It's like, you open the portal to my social media. You get to know everything basically.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So I changed my location to LA on Hinge um, when I was still living in Minnesota. So I could like, you know, get some stuff lined up. (laughs) Um, And like the reality of Hinge is that that's not what it's for. (laughs) So like I would get these connections and like we would chat and they're like, so like you're not here yet? Oh, okay. Like hit me up when you get here. You know, like they didn't even care to try to even get to know me or whatever and I was like I want to like get to know you first you know like my brain I identify as demisexual so like I need to be attracted to you 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 like your emotions your mind like open up and like show me who you are Mm -hmm. because this physical like appearance is one thing and like I can be attracted to like a rock the same way I am attracted to like a human in that sense. But like, I need that emotional, like mental connection with somebody if I'm gonna like get in bed with them and like actually orgasm. Because otherwise, uh, otherwise, it's just sex and it's nothing Uh besides like maybe, and you don't feel safe or seen. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like feeling safe in that. Exactly. Like feeling safe in a sexual relationship is so important because otherwise there's no place for your mind to go into like that amazing, like I'm getting goosebumps talking about this, but like, (laughs) there's no place for your mind to go into that, like butterfly magical like world of like the soul connection Mm -hmm. because you're too worried about like oh I hope my like tits look good from this angle like why am I thinking about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah like does my does my like breath smell funny like oh my like i don't know like like sometimes you're like i don't know like random things that you're just worried about you shouldn't be worried about with this yeah. person that you're having like a soul connection with you know like so one thing that i've started doing and this is literally within the past month maybe is like no you are not coming over until like we meet out in person and um like at least at least twice we need to meet at least twice in person um and there's been like a couple dudes that I've hooked up with after like the third date or whatever like that um actually only one when I was using this new rule that I created for myself um and it was just like still kind of like oh the next thing to do and Yeah. I'm still trying to find balance in that because I'm definitely a love bomber. Like if I like you, I'm gonna just like put it all out there and be like, let's fucking build a life together and like do all this thing, you know? Yeah. It's hard to, to balance that because like having a two, four profile, like you as well, like needing that time alone and then also needing that connection with like Um, meaningful relationships in our lives like sometimes people get salty too if you need time Mm. alone and I'm like the the thing is like a lot of people just really don't understand period like they just don't (laughs) understand like (laughs) like that everything isn't about them and everything isn't like like okay the four agreements have you read that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, don't take things personally and don't make assumptions is like the two main ones that are like hard to practice. And like, you really need to practice them because when somebody does something or says something, we're going to be like, what, like, am I doing this wrong? Like what's wrong with me? What did I do? Like all this and that. And like, then you just have to remind yourself that people don't do things because of you. They do things because of them. Yeah. And And, you're
0: mirroring something for them exactly
1: so, so like it's literally not about you uh-huh like I'm triggering something in them from something that I don't know what happened and maybe they don't even know what happened or they haven't even right. put the connection together yet because they literally don't understand these things at all yep so it's like having those conversations right at the beginning is kind of like a good filter I feel because yeah. um and maybe not necessarily like trauma bonding or love bombing, but like, it's just like, like trauma bonding can feel great because you're, you're, um, sharing your truth and, um, expressing like your trauma to this person that you think that you're going to have a good connection with. Mm -hmm. And they might have like, Oh my God, me too. Like all these similar things Mm -hmm. because humans experience very similar things in different ways. Um, and having that connection like right away can be tricky but also weeding like it it can get dangerous sometimes because then you're just making a trauma bond with that person but Mm -hmm. also um it can also like weed out the people who like if you're good at picking up on like what that so I'm a projector and my energy okay. is very like focused and like one-on-one and like I can see people, other people a lot better than I can see my own self. Um, mm. And I think that's like a thing with everybody, but like with projectors, that's like, this is like our gift is to be able to mm. kind of like see and understand how somebody's how somebody works or how a system works or stuff like that. Um, and so like for me, what I do is I will like just, answer questions, ask questions, say all this stuff, and then like gauge it from there and be like, okay, does this person understand what I'm talking about? Does this person care what I'm talking about? Um, Mm -hmm. and is this person being truthful? Like my mind goes back to the four agreements so much during like first date conversations. Yeah, I don't know. Did that kind of like answer the question? I feel like I didn't answer it. I just kind of gave different examples, but. I'm still figuring it out. I
0: think it goes to show that we don't have the answers. Yeah. And like, that's something I need to learn. And that validated for me too, is like, we're all exploring, especially highly sensitive humans who struggle with leaning on the codependent side and love bombing and trauma bonds and who have been through all of that. It's like breaking through those patterns and creating a new reality and a new dynamic for ourselves with love isn't an overnight thing. Like it's not just all of a sudden going to like be put into perfect practice with the next person you date. Like you might learn one little gold nugget per each person that you, mm-hmm. end up, um, exploring with. But one thing that I took away from that was like, in my mind, I think about, um, like my non-negotiables and my negotiables. I don't know where I learned this from probably some breakup podcast, but knowing that like, emotional intelligence is a non-negotiable for me. Like you said, if they don't understand the things I'm talking about, like I am not going to put up with them or continue to give my energy and give them access to me when I already know that I, I'm i not here to teach them. Like you can come along with me, but like I'm not here to be a motherly, like teacher, caregiver, mm-hmm. help you grow up type of role. Like if you're not on the same wave with me and if you're not adding value to the conversation in the same way or adding a different perspective, like immediately no. And I think that's like one boundary and one way that you can show yourself more self-respect and like level up the people that you attract is when you no longer give access to people who just like, you already know it's not going to work. And you can't like, if you want more conscious, healthy, um, relationships, like you say you do, then you have to put that same action into practice and not tolerate entertaining a person just because they're hot or they're nice. Like there's so many people out there that are hot and nice, but it's like really getting into the nitty gritty of what you do want. Um, but then also knowing that, like, are they open to the things I'm talking about? Like, um, the guy that I most recently dated or went on a few dates with, he had a podcast too. So that showed me a lot of qualities, that I already am like, yes, like you're speaking your truth. You're driven. You have passions. You have your own life. Um, he liked yoga. Like our first date was a yoga date and, um, he's not a yoga instructor. He doesn't have his 200 hour. He doesn't know what chakras are, but I, I like the dynamic of like some diversity. Um, If it's like a direct mirror reflection of me and they're just like, yes, diving in so deep about the planet and energy and philosophy and all the things, it's almost like too much, too strong of a reflection, too much similarity. So um, I think being able to like hold true to your non-negotiables, but then also knowing like, what am I willing to be a little bit more flexible on? We don't have to love all the same things. And that's okay. And I think through dating certain people, I've realized, um, specifically dating people who are super spiritual and energetically in tune. I was like, Mm-mm, this too much. Like, it'd be like hanging out with two of me. Like, I don't want to fucking hang out right. with myself. I need like some variation here. Um, but I also used to date the jock who like literally was a box of rocks up there. And, um, So it's like finding that balance of someone who may be into like finances or Bitcoin or something that like I don't fucking care about and I have my own things that I love, but like they're open to hearing and like can emotionally somewhat grasp like the depth that I have and be able to hold me for the value of that, like genuinely appreciate it even though they might not fully understand and like they have that willingness to want to learn, I guess. Like Mm. that's my standard right
1: now. Mm. I'm going to have to send you a, a profile on Instagram of, uh, I think her name's Alicia
2: something, something,
1: but she has, um, she talks about like sexual energy and masculine and feminine and like
2: mm. all of
1: this stuff, like holding like the masculine energy and the feminine energy is in all of us. Yeah. And um, when we're able to like hold someone else, hold space for somebody else and like that person's able to hold space for us in like a mutual way in a balance of like allowing like women to be more feminine when they need to be because of like Mm. xyz like like possibly because of how our cycle works is yeah like correlated with the moon like 28 days versus correlated with the sun for men which is like 24 hours so like holding having a masculine energy to hold a space for feminine energy to like do its thing and like mm. vice versa like having that masculine to hold the space for the feminine to do this uh, on both sides mm-hmm. is so powerful and i feel like um it'll show up differently for everyone based on like what our needs are and like where we are in our life and all this stuff so i'll send it i'll send her your profile i'll send you her profile (laughs) amazing. Um, but yeah she talks about I want to get her on the podcast she has a podcast too (sighs) wow we talked about a lot um yeah okay so is there anything else that you kind of want to add uh to the end of our conversation to like wrap it up um you can tell people where they can find you I know you said that kind of at the beginning but you can Mm -hmm. tell people where they can find you and like um yeah
0: I think um to help listeners take away like a nugget from all of the variety of things that we touched on. It's that, you know, be okay with where you're at on your journey. And like the fact that you have self-awareness around, if you struggle with love addiction or substance abuse or codependency or whatever, like that's not something to be ashamed of. And like you said, Lexi, um, it's validating to know that I'm not the only one that feels like I'm not enough. Like this is a chronic condition that most women feel and we're like, none of us have it figured out just because I'm sober and someone else is sober curious and like, or someone else really wants to get sober, but just hasn't crossed that path yet. Um, There's no need to compare or like get down on yourself. That's actually going to push you farther away from embodying who you want to be who you're meant to be and my Instagram bio is stop comparing because Instagram and as Instagram is an illusion so stop comparing and that's just life in general I find myself comparing constantly as much as I sound confident and embodied and like I'm channeling all this wisdom through a podcast like this is my highest form. And I still struggle with crippling anxiety, self doubt. Like I do not have my sobriety figured out. I don't have this love addiction figured out, but I sure as hell do have a lot of self-awareness. And if you listen to this conversation or you can even grasp what we're saying, like, so do you and just move forward with this knowledge with confidence and know that like any support that you need, whether it's a therapist or a recovery group or a new friend, like you are going to call that in and you're going to welcome that in. And it happens on your own divine timing. And like sometime, sometimes divine timing um, is confusing as hell and things happen that don't make sense. And we wonder why we've been struggling for as long as we have. And we don't know what the fuck time it is because divine timing's on its own time. So I think just like being able to hold that truth as well knowing that um we are on the universe's watch not our own but we do still have that free will and ability to take action and like uh stand up for ourselves and break those cycles and and grow into the person that we know we're called to be so just have faith that it's it's all gonna work out as exactly as it's meant to even when things suck and don't make sense things have to fall apart before they fall together. And um, yeah, you're on a hell of a good path if you're listening to this podcast, because Lexi is a fucking high vibe human and a leader. And um, yeah, just offering so much beauty and knowledge to the world. So thanks for having me. Um, Where you can find me, Vanessa Persephone, like I said, on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, email, um, and then Angels Anonymous,
1: which it's all linked in my in my, uh, link tree in my bio. So it's pretty easy to find all the things. I'll put, um, I can put your link tree in the show notes too. So people can just scroll and grab it. Um, yeah. And one last question. Um, what is your number one tip to raise your vibrations like on a daily basis?
0: I constantly want to do this more, but I think we're truly all meant to embody joy on this planet as much as possible. And Joy is joy comes out through different forms depending on what day it is, how you're feeling. Some days, like this morning, it was dancing for me. Some days, it is like coming into that peaceful joy of a meditation. Some days, it's a hike. But, like, where can I find joy in every single day? Because if I don't, I get into a really weird, like, negative and um, pessimistic energy that is just not the type of energy. It is not high vibe. It's not what I want to attract. And like on an energetic vibrational scale, the highest vibrations of emotion is like serenity, bliss, um, love, like all of those high vibe emotions. So it's like, how can we tap into that? And I think everyone's practices are different, but for me, like I'm a dancer, so I love dancing. I love yoga. I love, any sort of movement, um, I think that's how we like get the issues out of our tissues is genuinely Mm. by like moving them. So finding a movement that you love, because if you're like in the gym every single day forcing yourself to do a workout and you don't actually love it, like it ain't helping. So find what you like to do Mm -hmm. and do that as much as you can.
1: Yes. Uh, When you said joy is like the thing that you want to seek every day. Um, that is a hundred percent generator, manifesting generator energy because your signature, how you're meant to feel, is like joyful and satisfied, like satisfaction, joy, like just being like so exactly what you just said. And then your not self is frustration and just like. Yeah. So you just, we're talking about exactly what your energy is like craving. And that's so like, every time that I bring stuff like this up and like, I, I take a peek at somebody's chart and I'll be like, um, they'll say something and I'll be like, Oh my God, that's in your chart. Oh my God, that's in your chart. Like, it's just so wild. I didn't even bring that part up and like you're speaking on it, but Mm. ah, wow. Thank you so much for all of your good nuggets of wisdom. And yeah, we'll have to, like, do this again sometime and have, like, a different topic So
2: I hope you enjoyed this juicy episode. It was so awesome having Vanessa on with her infectious, glowing, manifesting generator energy. Thanks for listening to another episode of the High Vibe Even podcast. It would mean the world to me if you left a review and shared this with a friend. Remember, you got to know yourself before you can be yourself.